0: We live in a time of tremendous opportunity for innovators, entrepreneurs, and those with skill and imagination, but it seems at every turn, there are forces that slow us down or get us off track. I believe you can trigger your independence and lead a flourishing life, be free to choose and live according to your own values. Join us in a conversation about big ideas in life, liberty, and the pursuit of your happiness. Welcome to the John Riley Project. Okay, we are live streaming now and I have a special guest today and this gentleman's name is Ed Franklin, the host of the No Limits podcast, joining us here today. How you doing, Ed?
1: I'm doing fantastic. How are you?
0: All right, man. Um, you know, I know you're 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 in our neighborhood, you know, roughly speaking, you know, in our community. And I know you've been doing a podcast and you're a longtime guy in our in our, in our city. You're very active in our community. I thought you'd be someone that my audience would like to get to know. And so just really pleased to have you here.
1: That sounds great.
0: Um, so tell me a little bit about your podcast, no limits. And, um, what, what do you, what is your podcast all about? What's, what's your message you're really sharing out there in the community?
1: So I've always had this desire to get up and talk in front of people and motivate people and inspire people. And I would do, I did that a lot when I was working at the chamber, which we'll talk about a little bit, but I went to visit my daughter in Louisiana last year at Thanksgiving. And she said, uh, you know, dad, you always want to get up and talk in front of people and you give us good advice. The kids, she's 34 now. If she was 14, she wouldn't have said that But And she (laughs) said, why don't you start a podcast? And I said, that's awesome. What's a podcast? I kind of knew, but I'd never listened to one or anything like that. So I came back, found one of my mentors under 30 years old and said, dude, how do I do a podcast? And he says, Oh, it's real easy. And I said, well, what if this happens? He says, just do another one. I mean, so I, She sent me some paperwork. I read it and I just started doing podcasts and I've got about 30 episodes out now. And, um, what it was based on was four things. It was having limitations in your life that you can get over. Everybody can get over those limitations, Mm -hmm. telling your story in life. As a salesperson, you always had to tell your story and you have to be careful of the story you're telling yourself too. I've done a podcast on that, uh, self-esteem because I think it's probably the lowest it has been in, in a hundred years, especially with our youth and excuses, because I can make an excuse to get out of anything. (laughs) And I want to make sure that people understand that they can't make excuses all the time. They got to get, you know, get that fire in their belly. So that's kind of what it's about. And um, I've had some guests on, it have gone a little bit different directions, but you know, we just kind of talk and I'm trying to be encouraging and positive and you know, just that's what it's about. It's just positivity.
0: Yeah, right on. I mean, I listened to your recent podcast episode, and it was all about, you know, really kind of showing up, right? You know, following through on your commitments. Um, And I I thought it was, you know, really good advice, very sound advice, because to your point, you know, people can make excuses and they end up really damaging themselves when they do that.
1: Yeah. And that, that came out of, you know, I think a lot of my podcasts come out of frustration that's happening to me and I'm like don't do that to people you know I would (laughs) I, I volunteer for different organizations in Poway and I show up I'm that guy that's always there and I wouldn't volunteer if I didn't have the time or the commitment and we get you know how you get 100 people in an organization and only 20 do all the work I just that just drives me nuts so yeah I was bringing that up that was frustrating to me that people don't show up
0: Yeah, you know, it's Southern California, you know, and sometimes people are, you know, some people can be a little bit flaky. And, uh, you know, it's good to have integrity, right, to follow through on the things that you promise. Not that you just promise to others, but that you promise to yourself. 100%. Um, you know, and, and really having that core integrity internally. And, you know, I just went through some of the episode titles, um, on, on your podcast and there's things in there about accountability and calling yourself out, you know, which is, yeah. um, all about this integrity piece. And i you had one episode, I think it was called I'm Not Worthy, which I, I, <laughs> I read the title. I want to get into it. I imagine that's about self-esteem. Um, and you talk a lot about storytelling. So it's just, you know, I only listened to your fir- your most recent episode, but I'm really looking forward to going through your, your whole library.
1: Yeah. I want to, I always try to make it clear in my podcast that I'm not an expert. I'm not a psychologist. I just have a lot of experience dealing with people as having been in sales. I tell a story about the worthiness when you're growing up. I lived in a very poor part of San Diego. I didn't know I was poor, but looking back, we were very, you know, didn't have a lot. and right. And I saw other kids at school and, I grew up in East San Diego and there was a community called Talmadge that was nearby. And Talmadge was kind of the, we used to call it green Valley, but whatever the rich part of Poway is, it was like that. And I thought, right. you know, I'm not, I'm not, those kids deserve that. And I don't deserve that. And I thought, well, that's silly. Now that I look ahead and or look back in my life, I was just as worthy and everybody's worthy to have whatever they want in life. It's about hard work and, you know, just getting committed. And most of my podcasts come out of my insecurities or whatever that I had to get over. And I know other people have them. So that's kind of where, you know, the ideas come from. It's just, man, either I'm mad at myself because I haven't gone to the gym and I have to talk about it. So hopefully I can inspire someone to get off their butt and do what they need to do. <sighs>
0: Right on. You know. Um, by the way, we have got a comment here on the live stream. Mike Ryan says, "I grew up close to this guy, and I know yes. Mike. Mike went to Hoover High School. Were you out in that general area?"
1: At- I would have. I would have went to Crawford if I stayed in East San Diego. Mm-hmm. And Hoover. I used to play basketball at Hoover on weekends, and there was a Drewiner schnitzel there that I used to spend my entire allowance at. I got two dollars a week allowance. I'd play basketball and spend all my and then eat hot dogs for a half an hour. But Mike Ryan, that name sounds familiar. I wonder if I know Mike.
0: Mike's a, another Poway guy here. Uh, yeah. He's been a, a guest on my show a number of times. Uh, great guy, great family guy. Um, and yeah, he's chiming in. Yep. You know. So, you know, y- you know, you talk about how a lot of your podcast episodes are sort of self-inspired by some of the things that you're going through. And I know I do that as well, because I've, I've had episodes on... Uh, believing in yourself, on self-esteem, on Mm -hmm. a lot of self-improvement topics, because sometimes I go through my own struggles and I'm kind of working through these things and it's very top of mind. So it becomes, I think, really good content to share because sometimes we all sometimes we think that we're the only ones that are going through those troubles when really everyone's going through these things, but in different ways, into different degrees so we can learn from each other. So a funny
1: thing, I I told you I have eight kids. I have seven daughters and a son. And my son had befriended the owner of this company I was working for through church and this and that. And he asked me some advice one day and I gave it to him and he just kind of, yeah, yeah, whatever. And then the following week, he came back to me and said, hey, Tom told me this about that question I asked you. And I said, yeah, son, I told you the same exact answer, but Because I'm your dad, you listen to somebody else. (laughs) And that was kind of the podcast, too, was what, you know what? Maybe I can get through to your kids better than you because you're too close to the situation. And I might have less information, which makes me more open-minded, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Um, I just really believe that. There are no limitations in life. I I just met a guy in a wheelchair the other day. He's been in a wheelchair since 1976. He's been, he's had sales jobs, VP of sales jobs. He runs a organization now, a nonprofit. And I'm like, you know, that guy, this whole hour and a half I was with him, he never once complained about that wheelchair. He just got on with his life, you know? And, um, It had to be burdensome over the years, but he just uh, he just chose not to complain about it and move on. And we hear those stories all the time from other people. So, you
0: know, you know, this is all really good stuff here. I mean, because we all need content, you know, out, we were out there, we're, we're, all battling, you know, fighting the good fight, you know, working to help our family, help our business. And yeah. yeah, we go through a lot of these personal struggles. We get inspiration from people like, you know, the gentleman in the wheelchair that you spoke about. And it, when we, when we have those little nuggets of positivity or success or people that have overcome great challenges, mm-hmm. it sometimes kind of builds the fire within ourselves to become better.
1: Yeah, there's a podcast I did with a gal named Sylvia Molina. And we kind of grew up in about the same areas. And I said, you know, on paper, we shouldn't even have succeeded. We should be dead, drug addicts, whatever. (laughs) I mean, really, if you look back, but we overcame things. And I described my podcast in the beginning that it was just my way of putting my arms around people and saying, look, everything's going to be okay. Sometimes you just got to take a deep breath. There's going to be hiccups in life. You're going to lose friends. You're going to lose family members. You're going to fail sometimes, but you just got to get back up. And I wanted to be that voice that said, Hey, if you have contact me, if you, are you feeling bad if you're thing, and I can talk you back into loving yourself because that's what we do. We start to, we start to unlove ourselves, right? We look at other people. I always tell my kids when you're making decisions based on what to tell your kids, excuse me, if you're making a decision based on what to do in your life, tell me what you would tell your kids. Cause you would never steer them wrong. You would always give them the best advice you had with the information you have. And sometimes we need to look in the mirror and give ourselves advice that we would give our children or somebody we love,
0: you know? Yeah. That, that's a good one. Cause sometimes, you know, it's funny is we, we can identify the problems that other people are having and, and we could probably figure out some good advice to share with them, you know, and we can study issues, but sometimes we have to be our own coach. Yeah, and sometimes we, sometimes we have to talk to ourselves almost in the third person um, so we can try to objectively look at our situation in life, the problems that we really have, what the reality really is, and then really what we need to do next. Um, you know, we're all
1: struggling with something. I don't care who you are. I asked a parent the other day if they're – because I, I do some stuff with – and my podcast is kind of – Trying to steer it towards youth, you know, eighteen to thirty-five or so. We all struggle with something, and uh, I'd ask the person, "Oh, so I communicate well with my kids," and I'm like, "No, you don't, because not every you don't communicate well with your kids every five minutes. There's going to be hiccups, and it's okay. It's normal." Um, I did a sales class one time on getting your customer to fall in love with you. Everybody has something great inside them. I don't from the homeless guy to Joe Biden, uh, Trump, whoever, they all have something loving about them, right? right? And when I talk to people, I'm able to draw that out. I can see, some, I might not like the person, but I can draw something out that I love them. And then they can do that I can't do or whatever the case may be. And when you're in front of a customer, you have to get that customer to see those things that people love in you. And when you build that relationship, that trust and things like that, then the sale is not a problem. You know, you're just fixing a problem for them as long as you have the right product that they need. It makes sales much easier, too. It's not so stressful. And you make friends. I mean, what's wrong with having more friends, Yeah, you know?
0: Right on. Yeah, that that's always been my experience as well, is you're never, to be successful in sales, you're never really selling. You're building relationships and you're solving problems. 100%. Um, and, uh, and we... You know, at some point we kind of do that naturally, right? Because we've been in a career in in some form of selling, you know, you and I both, where that's just, you know, that's just sort of the standard protocol of how we go about our day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, like I said, my last podcast, you have to enter that call with the fact that maybe I'm going to meet someone cool today, right? I'm going to meet someone that I can hang out with that enjoys the same thing I do or not. Are you going to learn something from that person? If you're always going in with that sale, sell, sell, you know that's that's the that's who gives salespeople a bad reputation. You know, <laughs> they're trying to shove it down yeah. your throat all
0: the time. Yeah, like, can I get you? What'll it take you to buy this car today? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <What? laughs> I, I, I get it. I do. I get it. And but still, some people have a very, you know, when people are talking about different careers, some people definitely have a negative perspective of sales because I think they they mm. see that stereotype for sure. When really. Good salespeople are just problem solvers um, and that's the way the world works you know yep
1: yeah, that is absolutely correct
0: well let's let's go a little deeper if you if we could I mean you're wearing your hat says brilliant marketing ideas on it yes so um, let's talk a little bit about that now is that the company you're working for So I work with a gal named Linda Newman who's uh,
1: started brilliant marketing ideas 20 years ago It's promotional items right your name on anything. Um, we've been hurt a little bit by COVID because there's no trade shows. There's no, um, uh, nothing like that going on. I think that uh, I was really amazed in this, in this industry about what you can get your name put on. I mean, I'm talking everything from the cheapest little toy. You're going to end up in your kids to a Bose speaker or a North face jacket or Nike. And so I can get anything like that, any brand, any, you know, any product you want to put your name on for a gift for a customer or an employee or something like that. So that's what Brilliant Marketing does promotional items. You know, we'll sell, we sell a lot of bags, things like that, shirts, things, hats, and all
0: that. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, obviously every company kind of has, what do they call it? Like their tchotchkes or their swag, you know, yes. has everybody got a, kind of a cool nickname for logo to merchandise. What's the What's the craziest example of someone that wanted to put their name on a thing mm-hmm. that was just so out of control that it really caught your attention?
1: Yeah, somebody asked me this the other day. Well, I have a pair of shoes are the Chamber of Commerce shoes. Um, you know, so they're, they have the logo and everything for the chamber of commerce and their vans too, which is kind of funny. Oh, awesome. Yeah. It's, it's funny. You have your, your, uh, I see your name in the back of you back there. It's, it's crazy to me. I'll be on a zoom call with a bunch of other business people and only one or two people will have their name on their shirt or their hat. The statistical information behind, um, promotional items is probably the highest ROI you can get in marketing. And I know I avoided your question because I can't think of anything that's that unusual, but (laughs) I just, well, shoes counts. I mean, that qualifies. Yeah, Shoes. I have a pair of Vans also that have my no limits on the back of them that I got through Vans. Um, Yeah. I mean, they can literally put your name on absolutely anything.
0: So I'm guessing you're a Vans fan, right? Well,
1: I'm one of those, I'm like a girl when it comes to shoes. I have about 50 pairs of shoes. I have, a rack in the garage that has every kind of Nike, every color—pink, blue, orange, yellow—any kind of color t- shoes. You can. That's kind of my. That, that was kind of my trademark is that I would come in slacks and a dress shirt with some crazy shoes on. So um, I think it's kind of an age thing. I don't think I had very many shoes when I was young, so now I buy them all the time. <laughs>
0: Well, I'm a gigantic fan of vans. And I think I have owned a pair of vans at minimum one pair of vans continuously my whole life since the seventh grade. And if you go in my closet now, there's a whole assortment of different vans. And the cool thing is, is they make shoes now that are almost like uh, business casual vans. Yes. Um, as, as well as, you know, the cool skater vans. And, but for me, back in the, 70s and early 80s, I was a big BMX guy. So, Vans was kind of part of that culture. Um, so, I don't know. Whenever someone mentions Vans, I kind of light up.
1: Did you? So, before Vans, I think they were invented, but they weren't really in California. So, I was a skater guy, right? In the 70s, I was like Dogtown, uh, the Dogtown movie. Oh yeah, that was oh, me. Yeah. That was me growing up, right? That was we were going into swimming pools because of the water shortage.
0: Yeah, and uh, was we all- used
1: to wear these deck shoes that we get at, You know, you get them at a drugstore, and we wear those deck shoes and ride our skateboards. Then they finally came out with something like the Vans, and we oh yeah, we wore those all the time. You have a pair of Vans on on your website. I saw them.
0: Oh yeah, to- yeah, I did. Yeah,
1: so yeah. I noticed your <laughs> shoes. That's a little weird, but I know. I
0: <laughs> well, that's a you know, it's a, it's a funny thing. So, and then you're talking about you know you had the custom shoes made for you when you were at the chamber. I don't know if you're a Padre fan, but you see some of these Padres have these custom shoes that are made oh, yeah. for some of the events. It's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can get anything, dude. I mean, that's what I, I was explaining to my kids about how when we were kids, we just didn't have access to everything. They've got access to absolutely anything um, and positive and negatively, right on on the Internet and all those things. When we were kids, what were there, five shoe stores? Now there's 550, you know, plus you can go online and find, I mean, everything's so accessible. You can just get
0: anything if you have money. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's We're living in a world of abundance. Did you grow up in San Diego? No. Um, I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area, and okay. I came here to go to college, and I never left. Yeah, good. Awesome. So, so like Ryan yeah. on the live stream, he chimed in. He said he used to live at Van Dyke and Marlborough. I don't know if that's anywhere oh, near. Oh, yeah, that. I know where that is. Uh, yeah, he he said, yeah.
1: Over there.
0: He says he'd like to connect with you and maybe do an episode with him. So um, oh, Mike Ryan, he's a good guy. So what's the best way for Mike to contact you? We'll, we'll, we'll go through your contact stuff at the end, too. But
1: um, At Franklin no, dot no limits at gmail. So what's right. above my head at gmail.com.
0: Right on. So, Mike, reach out to Ed. Um, So let's talk a little bit about, you know, you're you're in the world of of brilliant marketing ideas and getting your brand out and getting your name out in the community. You know, you have a history as the former CEO of the Poway Chamber. Can you offer some tips maybe for business people about how best to network in their local community? What are some good business practices that you might recommend?
1: Well, especially since we're coming out of this COVID thing and they're starting to do more live um, events, I think nothing can replace a face-to-face meeting as far as I'm concerned. And I had I was very successful at getting a lot of people in one room at one time. So the average we had over 100 people average of the last 5 events before COVID started at mixers. We had a, a up to a, we had 175 people at a mixer in um, at the Dodge Dealer which was a pre-rodeo mixer. And I was good at getting those people. I, I got a lot of business from that networking. That was my best way to get to get business. And, you know, it's funny when people say, you know, you would if you ask somebody, do you think Nike needs to advertise anymore? I got news for you. If Nike stopped advertising or stopped getting their logo out of there, they would lose business eventually. It might yeah, not sure. happen tomorrow, but it might take three or four years. But it would take them three times that long to get that business back. So if people aren't, you know, using people like me or, you know, they not have to use me, but they can use somebody and not having that logo out there all the time, it's a big deal. What happens to chamber people a lot is though, maybe a restaurant joins a chamber. Restaurant, one of the hardest businesses to run as far as I'm concerned. The hours it takes, the, the hours that you're there, you know, usually it's from, you know, noon to midnight or something. So it's hard to get to mixers and things. But you got to get your name out there. You ever seen a, a business or come a, a person will say, "Well, I want to be in this." Let's say they're a shoe in the shoe business. I want to be in the shoe business, and I know how to make shoes. Well, that's not the end of your business. You're also the salesperson, the accountant, and all these other things. So we tried to offer up some education for those people to be able to, uh, you know, the difference between handing an account and a stack of paperwork versus giving him a spreadsheet is about 2,500 bucks a year, right? I mean, if they have to go through all that stuff, you're going to get charged. So learning Excel, learning these small things, I said to one of our members one time, I said, you're a salesman. She says, no, I hate salespeople. I'm not a salesman. I said, if you own your company and you're the only one out there representing it, you're a salesman. I hate to tell you. Right. So getting into the chamber, the my biggest advice for anybody is to get involved, get on a committee, even if it's, you know, it's a very small commitment every month, but if you can get on a committee and show people your work ethic and just get to know people, they'll start. You know, patronizing your business. Um, networking is king. I still think it is, even though we just before we started this, we talked about how a lot of chambers are still doing old stuff. Getting in front of someone's never going to get old. It's always going to be the way the best way to sell. So look someone in the eye and sell to them. Um you know you were a sales guy when you look at you can tell your their emotions if you say something that you know they didn't didn't set well with them you can see it in their face and you can correct that next sentence trying to sell things online and you know on um you know via email or whatever is very difficult and you don't have that personal touch so anytime you can get in front of somebody and tell you know tell them who your business is that's that's my recommendation is to get your face and your name out there in front of people. That logo is so important. I mean, uh, you know, I could put up an Apple logo or a, a you know, Nike logo and you know immediately who it is. This is why I use this E this EF logo. Those are actually my initials and I put those on everything. I put them on hats. I put it on my shoes. I put it on bottles. I have metal cards that I hand out with that logo because eventually – That's going to keep, you know, people know exactly who they're talking about when they see that logo. It's just important. It's on my hat too. Whoops, I'm backwards here. It's on my hat.
0: (laughs) There it is. Okay.
1: I put that EF on everything because that's my brand and that's what I want to keep getting out there. And it's no different than a, you know, than a taco shop. You got to get that brand out there all the time. So many Mm -hmm. customers open a store and then they sit there and wait for that customer to come in. You know, just that's tough. That's a tough way to do business.
0: Yeah, it is. Well, you're right. I mean, you got to you got to get your name out. You got to basically tell your story, right? You've got to make your value proposition in the market. You got to give people offers to get them to respond and ultimately to, you know, knock on your door. Um, you know, talking yes. about that
1: story, I had a friend. i started sorry to interrupt. That's OK. That is an insurance agent. Right. And she started with her dad. I won't mention her name. I think you probably know her. And she started with her dad years ago, and her dad then retired and, and unfortunately passed away. And now her son works with her. And I used to tell her, you know, your story is so important because you change from a you went you go from an insurance agent that everybody knows insurance agents to a daughter to a wife to a mother to a community person. And now your whole story is different, right? The whole, it's not just an insurance agent. It's this woman we know and we know her kid and we know her grandkid and we know her husband. When you start to tell people those stories and you start, you know, that's when people start resonating with you because you have the same problems I have and you do insurance too. And I, now I trust you because I know you've been in a community a long time. That's a way to build that story and build that trust in a
0: community. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all about, I remember one of my old bosses used to say, it's about building positive emotional relationships. Uh And when people know your story, they kind of understand what you're all about, what you're, what you're trying to accomplish, not only in life, but in business. Um, yeah. I mean, getting your story out is key. And and yeah, hopefully the story and the brand, they you know, and the logo, they all kind of work together yeah, to effectively tell that, you know, back to the logo um, issue. One of the things that I love about logos is when there is a icon, you know, like Apple or like Nike, where you could take away all the words and you just see the symbol, the icon, and you know immediately who it is.
1: Yeah. I have a video from Steve Jobs who talks about Nike and he says, this is when they were first really branding Apple. And he says, you know, Nike never sells you shoes or clothes. They celebrate athletics. Yes. It's a very different approach to what you're doing, right? So that storytelling piece too, you got, that's, that's a tricky piece. I did a, a podcast on storytelling because you can tell the wrong story too. Right, and you could be telling the wrong story to yourself. Oh God! But yeah. I know I'm bouncing back and forth here. But then back to the logo. My daughter told me one time she was a marketing major. She said your logo needs to be someone needs to be able to draw your logo. If they can sit down and doodle your logo out, that's a good logo. You notice right. the biggest companies in the world don't have complicated logos. True, because right, it resonates more in their brain. And black and white is always good. I always use black and white on just about everything I do.
0: Nice. Yeah, you you know it's interesting. Like going talking about Apple um, and Nike, and you're right; they don't sell their product; they sell the experience, or they sell the the culture, the the aspiration of what you could be if you um, are part of their community. Um, Remember back in the '80s, I remember Apple had that whole "be different." Um, mm-hmm. Campaign where they celebrated all of these innovators, um, and and they had these crazy videos of Einstein and and Amelia Earhart, and and they really celebrated these innovators, these trailblazers, and they were associating their brand with them. Um, that, to me, that was really smart, and it, and Nike oh, has brilliant. done that in, in their own way. Um,
1: you know that stuff. Michael Jordan's Michael Jordan's brand Air Jordan. Is the they still he still sells more shoes than any other brand in Nike and he hasn't played basketball in 15 18 years and he's still selling he's still out yeah. selling every other brand because it's the idea of being a champion and being like Mike remember I want to be like Mike yeah um I, I'm a big fan of Michael Jordan about Steve Jobs not personally Steve Jobs but the business part of Steve Jobs right he just had this way of coming up with those ideas, right? Those those ways that just mm-hmm. you know that Apple has more cash on hand than the US government does.
0: I've heard that. You That's incredible. I think you're doing
1: something right, yeah. It's it's amazing. All from a little Apple with a bite out of it.
0: Yeah. I mean, they <laughs> they've been able to brand their kind of their the coolness of their of their brand, the 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 concept of the simplicity of design is very special in all the Apple products. I mean, it's It's incredible. Um, But to your other point on Michael Jordan, it's like, you know, the San Diego State Aztec basketball team, they got the Nike branded uniforms, but they got the Air Jordan version and they were one of only a few selected teams that got it. And boy, those young men on the team were so excited that they were one of those few teams and they got to wear the Jordan logo as a college basketball player. And, and you're right. He hasn't played basketball in a couple of decades.
1: No. And I could do a whole podcast just on. I'm a big fan. Obviously you can tell of Michael Jordan and his attitude towards sports. His, um, I like that. He doesn't talk a lot about things. You never see him in the political forums. You never seen him do anything like that. He just had this amazing family competitiveness when he grew up and they're still close. You know, when he lost his dad, it was uh, obviously tragic. But the family's still close, and they they kept that like that core piece together in their family. And um, is he conceited? I don't know. He backs it up pretty good. So I've just I've just always been a big fan of him. So I'm, I'm I'm his age. So I was watching him, and I was a basketball player going through his um, success. And I don't know. He certainly... Sur- Sure turned out to be okay, right? Pretty good basketball player. <laughs> well,
0: he, he's, a, he's a guy that's got a hell of a lot of self-esteem. Yeah. Um, and that's what fuels his competitiveness to be the best. Um, and I'll
1: bet you he didn't. I'll bet you at some point in his life, he said that his brother, who's like 5'8 or something, has never, has, he's never beat him in basketball. To this day, he's never beat his brother. And do you think that probably Michael Jordan had some times in his life where he wasn't feeling super confident? I mean, they say he got cut from his high school team at one point. Right. But he had that core. I think his mom was a huge piece of his life, like mine was, and just always believed in him and knew that he could do whatever he wanted to do. I don't want to get off on a Michael Jordan tangent, but when you find those successful people like that, they usually have that core, right? I have my wife's that same way she believes in whatever I think I can do. She's behind me a hundred percent pushing me to go. And I mean, I get to a point you do too, where you're just like, I am not getting up today. I mean, you know, there's just days when you're like, (laughs) I'm seriously going to go do this again. Um, but you fight through and you get up and this is what I'm trying to encourage people that are young, that you're just going to have to fight through. Sometimes I can't, you know, we can't coddle you every five minutes. There's no trophies after you're 18.
0: (laughs) Right. 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 For sure. Yeah. I mean, especially, you know, for you and I, we're, we're business people, we're not necessarily a a one cog and a big corporate machine, you know, we're entrepreneurial, we're, we're self-starters every day. We've got to find that motivation to really Mm -hmm. pick up and go because there's no one else to kick us in the butt except ourselves.
1: I, you know, the last thing we've, I'm, I have jumped off the cliff, dude. So, the last six months since we moved from Poway, I lost my job during the COVID. I had another job that, because through COVID, we couldn't, I haven't done much business and brilliant marketing ideas. And I finally went to my wife and said, You know what? I'm not going to do something anybody else wants me to do anymore. I'm doing what I want to do. And it's moving, I'm manifesting some things in my life on accident, I guess, or maybe it's the universe moving in the right direction, like meeting you. I mean I never would have met you if I didn't have this podcast and yeah. who knows where this who knows where this is going to go so I'm just staying and I'm just putting it out there and and people are coming back to me. I don't know who Mike Ryan is. He might be the next person that's going to help me move to another area or I could help him. I don't know. So when you're open-minded like that, and you just kind of go through and don't be so, you know, don't wear blinders all the time. And uh, I think that life you know, I think that you manifest things in your life. I really believe that. So uh, (laughs) I better manifest a bunch of stuff or we'll be living at your house in the backyard.
0: (laughs) Well, good for you for deciding to to say to yourself, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm not going to, you know, be the pawn in someone else's game. I'm going to be the king of my own game.
1: It's just, I know that if I'm doing it my way, I'm going to put more energy into it. It's not, I'm not putting anything out there negative. I'm saying, look, I want to help people. And if I can't do it through this way, I'm going to do it my way. And I'm going to go out and virtually put my arm around those kids and say, man, you can do this. You know, you don't have to do what everybody else wants you to do. You can do what you love and, you know, end up getting up every morning and going, I can't wait to get to work. And that could be, you know, my wife does uh, invoicing for a company. She loves her job. I, I hear her laughing all day with her, you know, her uh, workmates and things like that. And she loves that numbers thing. Her job would drive me crazy. It couldn't last ten minutes. But by the same <laughs> token, she'll come up here and go, "How can you talk to yourself for an hour and no one's in here?" I said, "That's what I like to do." So it's you got to find that niche in life that you're it's your thing, right? <laughs> mm-hmm think about all these people that have invented all this technology that if they would have done what their mom wanted them to do, we wouldn't have any technology because all moms want you to work at the post office and get a good retirement and do, you know,
0: or, or to be a doctor,
1: <laughs> <laughs> be a doctor, a lawyer,
0: yeah.
1: right? Whatever.
0: But we all so, got to pursue our own thing.
1: Yeah. You got to be innovative. And like I said, I'd seen you before interviewing people and I thought, you know, that's cool. that He does that. And do, I, I mean, less than a year ago, I was just trying to figure out where the next job was going to come from. I was on unemployment and then my daughter says, start a podcast. And I'm like, okay, let's we'll see how it goes. And it's opening doors like it's never opened before.
0: So. Totally. Well, I'll tell you from my experience, um, I started my podcast about three years ago. I have met so many amazing people. And and today I get to meet you. Um, But so many great people I've had an opportunity to meet, interview people that are now my friends. Um, Other other uh, guys like Mike Ryan, who is 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 in the live stream right now. He's saying, I'm that type of guy. You need help moving. Give me a call. Um, Mike Ryan, by the way, is a great guy and he will be a fantastic guest for you. Mike and I knew each other before I started the podcast because we have children that are sort of the same age. But we got to know each other better since sure. I started the podcast because we had reason to get together and share stories and do things. And so, so what does Mike do for a living about the moving thing? What does he, Oh, Mike is, no, he's not a, he's not a mover. Mike okay. is a, uh, he works in the grocery industry. He's a manager over here at the, uh, um, the Albertsons in Rancho Bernardo. Uh, he's a good guy. That, he,
1: that's my first job as in grocery. I worked for Lucky Stores, which was food basket at the time. And I also worked for Jimco. If he's similar oh. to my age, he knows what I'm talking about.
0: Oh, you guys will get along swimmingly. Um, and the yeah, grocery
1: he's- business was, uh, was uh, every holiday when I go into the grocery business and I smell like Thanksgiving, right? He'll, he'll know what I mean. You go in and you know all those smells. I miss the grocery business for about five minutes only because I did it when I was young, you know. I worked mm-hmm. nights for six years in the grocery business and... We would get off work at 830 in the morning, go surfing, go to restaurants, do whatever. I mean, it was the greatest job in the world for a kid. I I did it since I was 16 until I was 24. And then I went to work for Pepsi. So it was it was I just have super fond memories of the grocery business. It was it was fun.
0: Oh, good. Yeah. So, I mean, Mike's got some great stories to tell and and to eat, you know, so, yeah, you guys will be terrific together. But. like I was saying, I, I, I've i met so many great people through this podcast, and I know you have as well. It's a way to get your brand out. You're meeting new people. And like you say, new opportunities come your way. Um, and that's been true with my experience. And I, I wish that to, for you as well as you keep going down this project.
1: You know, when we were um, – and I, I I think sometimes I come off as a little corny. I was more of that hard-ass – I mean, you can see my arms tattoos. Sort yeah, I that hard-ass guy that, you know, this is the way I'm going to do it in the 80s. You know, you, if you did your job, I'll let you keep it kind of, you know, that thing. And I just kind of got tired of it. Now I'm not, not a liberal by any means, or I'm not really, I don't want any label on me. I just, I just think that a lot of times life is just about listening to people and saying, Hey, I care, you know, giving back to your community, doing something in the community I learned something a few years back when I was with the, I'm with the Knights of Columbus and I was a grand knight here in Poway. for the oh, Knights wow. of Columbus. And I never knew there was homeless kids in Poway. You know, there's homeless kids in Poway. And yeah. so we, we would give money to Abraxas and we would do, and I'm like, how the hell, first of all, I don't know how anybody can be homeless in America. We we have so many resources. I don't know how it happens. And this, I don't want to go down that road, but How could we have these kids that are homeless? Their parents have left the state and they leave them here. And I deal with a kid that works at Abraxas still to this day and and the night through the nights we fund some of their programs and things like that. And I just thought, oh my God, are we just are we this horrible of people that we can't just reach out to people and you know and help people out all the time? And you know, these kids that are being abused, the drug usage, the suicide rates are up, all these things are not going well and we need to as a community kind of get together not in a mushy way all the time in fact sometimes i think we do need to be a little bit of a hard ass and say hey stop screwing around and get to work or get to wherever but some people don't even know where to get started so i'm hoping this podcast helps some people just kind of get started right um gary Vaynerchuk is a guy i I listen to and this and that and i was just reading about him before we got on here a uh, great story that he has i mean he came came over here with nothing right as as a child and he's built this empire but he's always wanting to give back and that's what i think i think that's what we need to add into our you know someone told me in marketing you got to have use humor tell a story and have a cause if you can do that's those right. three things you're going to be a good marketer because those things are all three important
0: oh that's so, that's good advice i never heard that presented that way but that's good so Um, you say humor and and story, tell your story and have a cause and have a cause something bigger than you look at
1: a lot of commercials. commercials. Yeah. If you watch commercials or see them on, and you can a lot of times pick those pieces out of, you know, out of, um, those three things out of a commercial Reebok's very good at it. You know, they would tell a story and have this cause and, and, um, Yeah. That's important. I think everybody in their life needs to have a cause. They need to be giving back in some way or one way or another. And if it's just raising kids, that's that's enough for now. <laughs> that's a but lot. Yeah. When those kids are raised, I think you need to keep that compassion. We need to just have more compassion toward each other. I don't I'm not. I don't need to have a love fest. I'm just saying. Look, mm-hmm. you don't have to honk at every guy that pulls out in front of you. Maybe he had a bad day. I saw this thing on Facebook once. This guy comes into a coffee shop and he picks up a pair of sunglasses and he puts them on and everybody he looks at in the sunglasses, he finds out what's going on with that person. Like he'll look at a woman and say, this woman just got beat last night by her husband. And now he has, she has to go get him coffee in the morning. And maybe another guy was applying for a job because he just lost his job last week. And he's got three kids. If we just took a minute to look at people and go, you yeah, know, maybe they got something going on, you know what I mean? Maybe there's something in their life they're having a hard time with and that's why they're lashing out or whatever. So just trying to be more compassionate in my life. Not to, not to say I don't get pissed off at people sometimes and want to wring their neck, but <laughs> maybe we just need to be a little bit more nice, I guess.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a good perspective, you know, because we know that there are times in our life when we're going through hell and maybe we've lashed out in a weak really? moment. And if we have that perspective, you know, we can understand maybe that's why someone else is lashing out or reacting in a crazy way.
1: I told a story about my daughters. I would. So for 13 years, I went to Poway High every day, right? Every school day. Mm-hmm. They were all going through the system. And remember one time we were down. I was waiting for the kids to come down. And one of them came down and wasn't dressed as appropriately as I would have liked them, right? Five, five teenage daughters. And I sent her back, get your ass back up in the room about, well, you know, got in my truck, started up, waited for him. And I thought back about that and said, you know, there was a hundred different ways I could have handled that. You know, you know, I'd like that other top you wear is better and it's a little less revealing. Maybe we it's a little more appropriate. I could have handled it a hundred different ways. Because I probably ruined her day or at least her morning, just by being a jerk, right? When I could have handled it a hundred different ways and she could have gotten the truck with a smile on her face. And why would I want to send my kids off? But you know, you're a parent. I got, I had uh, six kids at home at one, at, you know, six girls at home, and a girl dog. I think I had a boy dog. it's one only advantage I had. And <laughs> you were outnumbered,
0: seriously. Yeah,
1: it was one of those life lessons where you go, man, I could have just that could have worked out different, right? Yeah. And uh, but all in all, it was okay. But you know, you, you think of those things when you, it's that email when someone gives you a shitty email and you go, oh, I'll show them, and you start typing. And then I'd always say, I'd stop, push my keyboard away, go do something for a couple hours and come back. And I wrote a much better reply to the email, right? Instead of lashing out. We just need to be that in life, I think. It's just, look at our political situation over the last two years, five years, 10 years. My God, Uh we used to live in the greatest country in America, and we still do, but we're fighting like children. I mean, you know, we're... we're, instead of going well what's your oh i respect your opinion but i believe this we we have to you know shoot stab kill go on social media blow up do whatever we have to do instead of just going wow that's that's just not how i was raised so i have a different opinion it's okay
0: <laughs> right yeah and and after all isn't that what you know, America is supposed to represent in the first place, right? Absolutely. Freedom, you know, that we're all different and we are all kind of melting pot coming together and we all have different opinions, but we respect one another and we go about our business. Um, yeah, a lot of ways we've lost sight of that as a nation, but if, if we could, I want to go, I want to go down a different rabbit hole if we could, yeah, go ahead. you, you, you mentioned that you, you know, were raised in Poway. You um, raised your children here in Poway. You went to Poway High. So you've got great perspective on our city. Our city right now is going through a lot of change, um, a lot of change. So, you know, you go down Poway Road and there's all kinds of construction and and uh, Pomerado Road. They're doing all the construction there. I mean, what's your take on on what's going on in our town?
1: Well, I I was I'm not a politician. I made that very clear before we started it. When I took over as a chairman, uh, as, as a CEO of the chamber, I thought my only job was to get as many people in one room as possible and then start to teach the community what the chamber did, right? How important it was to shop locally, how keep those taxes, dollar. you know, and mm-hmm. that's kind of what my whole goal was, but you do end up getting involved with the city with the council members and the mayor and things like that we would do a political forum every year you you had done i remember you had tony russo on that you were you interviewed when that election came up and we had we put on that uh, not the candidates forum where they got up and got to speak and i had had to be part of that just because it was part of the chamber when i moved to poway obviously in 1974 it was half of what it is now Hmm. although i think the population was similar the population hasn't grown that much, but but buildings have, right? We used to have to dodge horse droppings on our skateboards. I mean, that's kind of what it – and it became incorporated in 1980, so it became a city. And then they started doing a little bit of building here. Then they put the business park in, and then some bigger stores came in, like Kmart came in and and uh, some other thing. When, when Lowe's came in on Poway Road, that blew me away. I'm like, why would you put a big – box store like that right on Poway road with another light because i lived in garden road so for me to get out now i just got another place i gotta stop right. and it started getting a little frustrating now the math of the situation is they need revenue right these pension plans they have in every city in america <clears throat> are a joke <clears throat> they're everything's going up labor's going up all those things. so you got to have revenue period no nope, i get that all of a sudden over the last when Don Higginson was the mayor, um, I knew Don. Don used to work at a 7 Eleven in Garden Road, believe it or not. while he was going to law really? school. Yeah. <laughs> That's so great, in man. Garden Road, where that seven eleven is now, the seven eleven was where the feed store was. And that seven eleven was a Chevron station. And that little liquor store was a little one horse liquor store, and there was a house right next to it. I mean, I remember all this stuff like it was yesterday. Right on. So Don Higginson I used to play basketball with him. And um, so Don, uh, you know, uh, people's perception of Don is that he had a mental problem, right? He had no mental problem. He had a small physical problem when he was born, and it made him sound and talk a little different than other people. This Mm -hmm. guy was an attorney. He was, you know, ran mail bosses, et cetera. I think he was their CEO. Smart guy. So we used to play basketball together. So when he became mayor, I, of course, had a relationship with him. It was a funny relationship because he worked at a seven eleven and you know we were cowboys. We just parked next to the seven eleven in our pickup truck with cowboy hats. And all that. And when Mickey Cafania was the one that kinda of got that business part going, so the the residents of Poway were already starting to get a little ruffled, right? Because there's this is a city in the country. We want horses, we don't want we don't want none of your damn buildings, a restaurant. You know, that was kind of the thing. It, okay. It's just funny that we're in San Diego, but that was the attitude of a lot of the people that live there. I'm a concrete guy. I moved from East San Diego. If I won the lottery, I'd get a penthouse somewhere. I wouldn't go to Idaho and buy the state you know. Mm-hmm. So to me, the building didn't bother me, right? I felt like we needed to slap some paint on Poway because um, these landlords would let these buildings run down and they just looked terrible. The sidewalks were broken, which was the city's responsibility. And it, depending on who the mayor was, and I think Voss had run three or four times for that, for that position and finally won. And um, now, I, I'm, not ins- I'm not insulting the way they're doing things or I'm not – I don't necessarily agree with it or disagree with it. It's hard to manage a city. It's hard to manage people. I think that they probably could have spread this construction out a little bit. So it wasn't all happening Mm -hmm. at the same time because I go to Poway quite a bit and I'm like, I can't, it takes me forever to get out of Poway. It took me 25 minutes to get out of the Walmart parking lot the other day because they had Midland. They had Hillary under construction and all that. And then my friend told me he was almost late to the meeting because Pomerado was going. So I'm not quite sure what the timing is on that. And it'd have to be, brought to the city manager's attention. They may have to spend some money in a, in a fiscal year. I don't know what it is. So I guess the, the answer to your question is they're pissing a lot of people off right now. Um, these condos that I agreed, I, I was on board with them to build these multi-unit condos where they had businesses underneath them and, and um, condos on top. It's turned out to look like it's going to be a lot more than I thought in the beginning because they're really... You're going to have them all over the place in, on Poway Road. That um, the project behind Five Guys, the the uh, the, outpost. the outpost that is frozen right now. The the contractor ran out of money.
0: Right. oh so they've
1: got they've got their hands full, and they have an election year coming up next year um, for the mayor. So right, man, I don't know. I, <sighs> I don't know what to tell you about it. I I agree with part of it. I think that it looks like it's been a bad plan, but I don't know the inner workings of what's gone behind the political scene. So I don't go to the uh, council meetings or anything like that. But people have a legitimate bitch right now. It's a mess in Poway.
0: It is. And, you know, my, my take on it is, yeah, they need money because their expenses are rising at city hall. I mean, there's all right now, there's this big crisis about we're not paying the firefighters enough and a lot of the firefighters are leaving. So um, they need more money to pay more people. So they're trying to generate more property tax revenue, maybe some more sales tax revenue. Um, that's been one of the criticisms has been how we wrote, you know, there's, I guess, three major projects yeah. And um, I know there's one gentleman in town, Chris Olps. He he says, can we just do one before we start the second, um, which is a fair argument. And then on top of it, you know, the whole mess on Pomerado Road, they're like digging it up and SDG is putting in a new gas line. And that's just sort of independent of what the city council has approved for Poway yeah. Road. Um, and that's just something that the county, I think, had to approve. And we had to go along with it. And they still haven't started yet. Um, at the farm in Poway, at the old Stone Ridge yeah. Golf Course. I Forgot about that soon. So, yeah, it's a mess. I, I, I'm just, I'm hopeful that once we get through the construction, you know, it'll just it'll be easier. Uh, because right now, you know, it's, it's all the 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 chaos right now, and all, all the sudden change. You're right, is pissing a lot of people off in town.
1: Yeah, I guess I'm trying. You know. I would never tell you what my political views are. You can probably figure them out. I would always want to give these people an opportunity to explain what's going on. I mean, they didn't know they were going to hit water. Uh, They probably should have known that. I was in construction for a long time. We probably figured it out usually. They could have stuck a stick in there and went, well, that ends wet. That's probably not good. But, I mean, there's ways. They have tools for that stuff. Right. Um, I had we left church. I still go to St. Gabriel's, so we left church the other day. It took me forty minutes to get home because they were doing on the Sunday, they were doing the slurry on right. Twin Peaks. And I'm starting to go, oh, come on. How, how the hell am I even supposed to come to Poway now? I can't go down Palmerado, can't go down there. Yeah. So I, I give them the benefit of the doubt, but I don't know, man. It keeps getting worse. You know, two things cities do that. I don't understand. They have horrible public relations people, right? They need someone to in, engage, and this should be the mayor, by the way, to engage with the community. Even if it's negative, they need to have a good guy come out there and say, let me walk you through it, okay? They need, Or a woman. I don't care who it is. They need someone to walk them through. Because people just generally I've learned in any relationship, if you communicate, it'll be okay. Right. You can communicate your way at anything when you're in a when you're in a um, city council meeting and a guy gets up and goes, mayor, you're a dick. He can't say anything. Right. (laughs) He just has to sit there and go. Yeah. Right. I'm not sure if that's the best way to communicate, because what you get is a bunch of negative input. And if people are listening to it online or they're there, they're like, oh, that guy sure got him, you know. And then the mayor comes out and goes, "Everything's perfect." It's not perfect, dude. Look out the window. It's like the weather guy saying it's not going to rain and it's pouring, right. and he's like, oh, it's going to be sunny today." And I'm like, "Get a window, bro."
0: <laughs> it's like so that think- dog drinking the coffee and the room is on fire. Remember that? Yeah, you ever seen that cartoon?
1: <laughs> so I think they do a poor job, and this could be any city of communicating with
0: the with the uh,
1: the uh, group, you know, the uh, residents. And we tend, every city seems to get themselves in a financial, really bad financial binds. You know, 58% of the tax revenue in California comes from restaurants. We have, we don't have good restaurants in Poway. I'm sorry to the Poway people that own a restaurant. We don't have those higher end ones. The ones we have are great and they serve the purpose of what they know. And they know, you know, a brigantine serves this people and taco shop serves these people. We need some higher end restaurants is what they were trying to do with the outpost is bring in, you know, one of those restaurants. <clears throat> so I, dude, I don't know the answers if I, and I, and they can pay me enough to take that job, you know?
0: <laughs> so, well, yeah, I, 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 am with you there as far as, you know, communication is what needs to happen, but sometimes politics seems to get in the way of people communicating or communicating candidly. Um, God, there was, you know, it, it's funny too, because, you know, we're, we're worried about everything on Poway Road. We're worried about all this gas line on Pomerado. I forgot all about the slurry ceiling that's going on at the same time. Um, yeah, they're doing, um, they
1: just did, they're doing community and all the side roads and the yeah. gas line thing was a definite Poway issue. So they brought us out to, when I was with the chamber, sdg brought us out to sdg and and so explained why it was, had to happen and i and listen it needs to happen it's unsafe what what they have there is unsafe but why do we always wait it seems like cities companies like that always wait till now we're in deep shit right the pipe they're putting in is smaller than what they probably should put in for the growth so they're probably going to be revisiting this soon you know or again you know um I don't know man like I said I you couldn't pay me enough. I can tell you that all the rednecks that I grew up with in Poway that still live there are they're pissed. I mean they're yeah. they are so bent they I mean people just want to move out of the state. It's not the Poway we grew up in. Um I like shiny stuff, right? I'm like a typical guy. Oh, there's a Harley, you know. <laughs> but right. I also don't want 300 Harleys on my street, you know. I Right. right. I think it it could have been planned out better. And maybe they just got into this because those plans, what they would do is they, this is kind of a thing they would do. They'd come to the chamber, these executives from the construction companies and go, Hey, look at this bitching plan. We got blah, blah, blah. You guys on board. You're going to, and I would say to the board, don't, we shouldn't be even involved in that. If it's business related, we could be, but if it's people related, that's not up to me. I'm a chamber of commerce. All I, I just want more businesses in Poway. I need more revenue. I need people to, I need, I don't need more revenue. I need the businesses to get more revenue. So if there are more people and they're going to do business, to it, that's great. Like if you want to put a, you know, a better widget and you know, Harbor freight wasn't the widget by the way. I mean, all you do with Harbor freight is get people from Ramona to come down. I'm probably, you're probably going to get some letters for that <laughs> statement. I'm just kidding Ramona. I love you guys. You were like us 20 years ago right um so yeah i don't know man i i don't know what the answer is this thing got it kind of they kind of lost control of it and it's just like slipped through their hands
0: well it's god there's, there's so many different variables to the equation like in not in any priority order but the outpost thing you know hitting uh, the water. I mean, geez, I, I had guests on my podcast that were predicting that was going to happen. Pete Neal is an engineer, a scientist. He says, oh, that's near a creek bed. They're going to hit water. Sure enough, they did. I know Peter uh, Yeah, good guy. Yeah. And so um, there's, there's, uh, there's no one would have predicted they would have lost their funding, which made that situation a mess. Then you've got The slurry ceiling, well, they've kind of got a plan for that. They do, what, like one-seventh of the city every every seven years, and it's on a rotation basis, and it just so happened to be about now, around the same time they happen to be digging the line for SDG&E. And to your point, you're right. I've heard comments of people saying that they wanted to even put in a bigger pipe, but people complained because they were concerned that it might be too dangerous. You figure if you're going to be digging a trench, you should put the – the big ass pipe in that's going to last for generations. Um, So hopefully they're doing that or at least to the best of their ability. Um, And then when you drive down Poway road, you you got the outpost is kind of in neutral, but then that Poway commons, you know, they're kind of chugging along building it. I'm of the opinion. It's like, Hey, this doesn't look as bad as some of the pessimists think, you know, Architecturally, it kind of blends in a little bit with the library. And, you know, it we'll looks see what it, the, was just,
1: it was just really close to the road. I didn't really do the math in my head. I mean, because it's right on the sidewalk, right?
0: Yeah. And, so. and that was an objection by some of the people that there were no, what they call setbacks, you know, so yeah. it's, it's off the sidewalk. But to your other point is that, yeah, people are pissed, but a lot of people are pissed because they don't pay attention. You know, this, this plan. for for Poway Road has been in the works. They've had public forums and community meetings and there's been articles about it and the Chieftain. And, you know, we're all running our life. You know, we're taking our kid to soccer practice and we've got our job and we've got, you know, family and all these other things in our life. A lot of people don't pay attention to the nitty gritty until the sticks could start going vertical. And suddenly you've got this framing of a structure and people are like, WTF, what's going on? You know? know, But in so, the city's defense,
1: too, it's always the same. Let's say nine or ten people can make a lot of noise, right?
0: And it's yeah, always they, they same do, nine they do. or ten
1: people, right? And, <laughs> and um, let me see how I can not insult all those nine and ten people. When I would go – I went to a lot of the council meetings for chamber business. And I'm thinking – some of these guys, they were a little wacky, right? little like uh, Yuri, you know, funny guy, the comedian that worked at, you know, was that his name? Yuri. Yeah.
0: Yuri Bolin. He's a good guy. Yeah. He's a frequent he a listener of this podcast. He's a I super like nice him. guy. It's just, yeah.
1: When, when those guys keep coming through and they're not really getting taken serious. So, you know, no offense to Yuri. He's a nice guy. His wife's beautiful. I'd see her at Walmart all the time. She'd say hello to me. And, um, and listen, it's not like we're paying these guys three, four hundred grand a year to be politicians either. Um, I don't even know where I'm going. I could really insult a lot of people if we stay on this because yeah. I might say something. And it, here, the <laughs> well, thing is, you this, that. I, 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 you know, that's not my intention at all. I have my own agenda in life, and I'm sure I'm not always perfect at it. But there's a lot of stuff going on in Poway. And if they don't look at that and go, "Yeah, this is quite a mess," but. In, in my opinion, if they had a good public relations person, they could go, you guys are right. You you people in the city are right. We're doing our best to hurry this along. We're things, keeping things clean. We did have open forums that you were welcome to come to and talk about. But there's never that. They just don't say anything. And then right. you're like, then you're thinking they're lying, right? If you don't either lie to somebody or you don't say anything, and you're <laughs> just a liar both times.
0: Well, the vocal minority, you know, um, they're very vocal and, and, into to your point, it is a kind of a small group, um, and they're persistent and they're focused and they know how to amplify their message. Um, especially through social media, the, the city, you know, they got their own communications director that kind of sends out the, the standard generic messaging. But I think the politicians. Some of them do better jobs of communicating with the community than others. Um, And to your point, I think they need to do a better job of sharing the message. But still, a lot of them have tried, but people some people just don't listen. So the the end result is, is that Poway is going through all of this change and it's painful. And there's a lot of people that are angry. And I think it's because they don't know the whole story. Or they just yeah. don't want anything to change. They just want Poway from 1974 when you moved in.
1: And it was funny. We came home. I went to see a play. I, I went to see a movie premiere like three years ago before COVID. And my wife and I left it. You know, we have kids. We don't go to bed midnight now. We're like 930, <laughs> 10 o'clock. You got to get totally. up early. Yeah. yeah. We came home. We got out of there. And we came through town about 10 o'clock. and We said we should stop. So I couldn't find a place to eat. We had to ask the guy at Jersey Mike's to just stay open for 10 more minutes so we could get a sandwich. And, and we couldn't even sit in there eat it. We had to take it home. Because everything shuts and, down, right? Right. And that's what I think Poway people want. They want to roll up the sidewalks at 9 o'clock and get up the next morning and the birds are singing and the white horses are running. I And that's okay <laughs> if, that's their, if that's what they want. Right. And if I didn't want that, I would just move. I like quiet. I grew up around gunshots. I'd rather grow up around no gunshots, right? Yeah. Um, that it looked to, when they built that Amazon warehouse up there, which is a general oh, atomic owned building, that yeah. looked greasy because nobody knew about it. And then all of a sudden they started tilting this thing up.
0: Yeah, that was a shocker for most everyone. Yeah,
1: so there was things like that that would happen. And I'm not accusing the city of doing anything.
0: I'm just saying silence is
1: bad right? When all these things just pop up and you haven't addressed some other issues you have. So, you know, I think, I think the, uh, the senior center looks awesome. I've only seen pictures of it. I haven't been over there. That was a it's nice. cool thing to do, you know, I guess, we um, needed it. It's a nice thing to do in your community. Um, so you know, it's funny, this is kind of a political thing when, when they were going to, when they want to, they want to get really new some, right in the state. And I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't not in love with a guy. I don't really like the guy. Listen, I don't like really any politicians on that scale, (laughs) but right. He had an, it's an impossible task, right? Because we've seen other states do exactly the opposite of what he did. And they're getting hung now when you put when, instead of just pointing fingers, we don't work together as a community, right? It's, it just, you can't win. There's no way for the city council to win right now. There's no way for the people that don't like the city council to win. So we got to just pull our belt tight and just get through it. I don't know how else to what you do.
0: Well, this kind of goes back to an earlier thing that we were discussing where there's so much division in our nation. You know, there's people that are fighting, um, you know, on a wide range of issues so that trickles down to like local politics too. You know, there's a lot of people that are looking for a fight. Yeah. Um and it and you're right. It may, it's it's a hard being a politician is not a g easy job. It's impossible to get everyone to like you. That'll never happen, even though they all want that to happen. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, and you and you throw COVID into the whole mess. I mean, geez, it's uh you're right. Like Newsom went hard left and DeSantis has gone hard, right in Florida. And they're both pissing people off. So you can know, I what's wait. the answer? I don't know. Um, but I but, would say uh,
1: this on the, on the end of this conversation and we can keep going if you want on something else, but the the council members, as I know them, it, my understanding of the dealings I'd have with them over the last five years, they're all men and women of high character yeah, I don't think they're crooked uh, unless they're saving the money to move to Mexico afterwards. No one's taking anything under the table. right? I don't think, uh, you know, I think Chris, Chris Hazeltine was a good ad addition as a city manager. I'll tell you a funny thing about that. I, I went to somebody in the city and said, so he signed a contract and in six months, his contract, he was going to get a big race. Right. And he, Just like an athlete, he put this contract together and they signed off on it and said, yes, if you do, if you're a good boy for six months, you're going to get this increase. When the council meeting that they approved that increase or agreed to it, finally, was the same week that we had the water problem. Remember the rope and the thing? Oh, God.
0: Yeah. And I said
1: to the council members, I said, do you think you just could have put that off for a week? I mean, let's be smart here. Let's let's be want to be a politician. Let's be a politician. Let's not bring up that he's getting a raise and every restaurant in town had to shut down for a week. Right. I mean, I just thought it would. And I think if they would. It's kind of like Trump taking it. When my son, my grandson does something stupid, I take his phone away. That's the punishment to him when I take his phone away. If they would have just done that to President Trump, we probably would be all different. (laughs) You know, you've been a bad tweeter you losing your phone for four days. Right. We'll talk about it Thursday at dinner, and maybe you get it back for the weekend. You know, sometimes we have to do those things. I would love to go out and tell everybody I meet at a grocery store how I feel about them when they cut in front of me in a basket. But you don't do that, right? You go back to that. Maybe they had a bad day. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they just got a pay cut. Maybe their kid just something happened. I don't know. I just think we don't do enough of that. And it's not lying. It's just presenting in a different way. Yeah. And maybe the politicians are just tired of getting beat up. And maybe the, maybe the people that are beating him up are just tired of not being heard. If they feel like they're not being heard because nothing changes. Um, I, like I said, all my, all my redneck friends are not happy with this. I talked to a guy last week. He says, this is, I hate this city, blah, 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 blah. And I said, come on, you know, it's power. They needed, you know, the, 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 another thing, but the state was telling them they had to put in so much low-income housing, too. It wasn't like, you know, they they have to do that. Right. That's true. So, yeah. And exactly why I'm not a politician, because I'd, I'd have the same thing. I'd have half people hate me, half people might love me, but I don't know. <laughs> Probably less than half would love me.
0: So. You were a student at Poway High, right? I was. What, what year did you graduate? 80.
1: I actually graduated 80. early because I was tired of, uh, I didn't like school, so I said to my dad, I don't want to go to high school. He goes, Well graduate early. So I was just, just telling my grandson this. I took seven classes, went to summer school every year, and I had one class as a senior for one semester, and I was at, I graduated early. And every I went year. to work in the grocery business. <laughs>
0: Okay. Well, you're making some money. That's good. You're industrious. Um, My wife uh, graduated in 1986
1: from Poway also. I didn't, we didn't meet till later in life, but.
0: So any um, fun stories to share from your days at Poway High? Poway.
1: I'll tell you, I have a couple of cool stories. So when I was 13 years old, we moved, or 12 years old, we moved here. When I was 13, I wanted to play Little League. So my dad says he wouldn't let me play Little League in East San Diego because the parents were just nuts. So he, uh, Let's me play. I get on this team and this the coach comes up to me. I was like two practices late. And he says, uh, Hey, Ed, how you doing? Um, why don't you get in there? Let He says, what do you want to play? I said, I want to play catcher. He goes, we'll get in there. Let Billy throw a couple balls to you. So I get in there, get suited up. And his son, the pitcher was Billy bean, right? Oh, really? Oh, no. And it, At 13 years old, this guy can throw like 85 miles an hour, right? I'll bet. He's throwing smoke at me. I never saw anybody throw that fast. I'm 13 years old, right? I'm a little chubby kid. And uh, I take one off the bean, right, off a foul tip, and it's like I'm such a cartoon, right? I'm seeing, seeing, you know, birds. So I was that fat kid in right field that played, uh, you know, they got a snow cone when I was done. Well. He was such a good pitcher, and Dan Meyer, who was on the board of the Chamber of Commerce, he was a great pitcher too. He grew up in Taiwan or something. It was a really so. These really? two pitchers, yeah, we won a championship my first year playing little league.
0: I know. And I got Dan a trophy because we guys. won.
1: Yeah, yeah. Dan, I lived right by Dan, so I've known him since so we were thirteen years old. We played in the same. Really? Game. Dan, I didn't. Know we played. And ball. Vern Marston's son, Greg Marston, played on, uh, ah, on yeah. that team too. Right. So then you know, fast forward. Um, Billy Bean, you know, he goes to high school. The the kid was like this... He was just such a good athlete, just good at everything he did. Super nice guy, too, by the way. He was not a jerk. He wasn't like a snob or anything like that. And his dad was just so gracious when I came to the team. I mean, you know, he could have said, that's my son. He's the best. No, he wasn't like that. He was really wanted to help people play. So, um, yeah, so I got... that's, That's my claim to fame, although Billy Bean doesn't even know I'm alive, but... Uh, it was cool that he did so well, and I could say, yeah, I, you know, I used to catch for Billy Bean for about two minutes.
0: How about, well, just a tangent on Billy Bean. Imagine they make a movie about you, and they have Brad Pitt star as you.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd like to talk to him about that. I think he's a little bullshit <laughs> on that one. <laughs> That'd be like Brad Pitt doing it for me. Yeah, so but we just watched that movie actually recently. And I had read about it in the book and, you know, and they say that it was, you know, it's kind of the truth, you know what I mean? I'm not saying he's not, doesn't deserve, he's doing great. I mean, he's doing fantastic as a manager, but um, yeah, it, it was just interesting. And then I went to, then um, I went to Poway High. Poway High was fun. So, Back then, there were not as many rules, right? We've got to, we just got to be fun kids. And I knew a lot of older kids in high school, so I never had the bullying or anything like that. And you know, I played basketball for three years there and had a great time. And and um, that where the performing arts center is now, that was a parking lot. That's where the seniors parked. And um, that's that road there was called Stone Canyon Road, and that's what people did during the day there. So (laughs) I'm so old. We had a smoking area in our high school, right?
0: Yeah, mine did too.
1: Yeah. So um, no, but we had our sport. Our athletes were pretty good. We did pretty well in sports for sure. Um, Mount Carmel used to beat us up because of kids like Billy Bean, and he had some other other athletes on when he was playing. He never played. He always played varsity in every sport. Got a full ride to Stanford, went to the Mets, I think, out of, the, out of high school. And, you know, I was one of those, I, I went to work early in high school, so I was really interested in getting a car and and all that. And um, I guess interesting stories, I mean, high school was pretty fun back then. It's much different than it was today. Mm-hmm. And um, I walked to school or got a ride or rode a bus or did whatever I had to do to get to school. I only missed one day of high school in four years. That's pretty good, right?
0: Yeah, right on. You know, wow!
1: I got a ticket on a skateboard. CHP pulled me over on my skateboard because I crossed the street. I jaywalked and my dad was so pissed that he wasted his time going. I had to go to court and, and the same day I went to court, I got my driver's permit. So my mom and dad took me to lunch and that was the only day I missed in high school. (laughs) When we were kids, if we were sick, if we were sick when we were kids, my mom would give us Castor oil. Remember Castor oil? Oh Yeah. She'd give us castor oil and a slice of apple. So you're supposed to drink it or take a spoonful of it and then eat an apple to kill the taste. Well, guess what? I never wanted to do again in my life, be sick. So even if I was sick, I went to school because I wasn't drinking castor oil. <laughs> so good psychological thing for my mom.
0: Now everyone's, you know, you got to wear a mask at school. So everything's different, right? Jeez.
1: This is yeah. ridiculous. But, um I don't know. I don't even want to get on the COVID lane. That's yeah. uh, that's way I really don't right. want to do that. Um,
0: but you're yeah. right. Times are different now for students, you know, and, you know, everyone's, you know, especially around Poway High, it's, it's very competitive, you know, for those kids going through those classes. And there's a lot of social yeah. pressures that are very different than when we grew up.
1: Well, and I'm, I'm not going to tell you too much about this because it's something that's coming, but you'll know more about it later. I'm involved with two companies that have a, Platform for uh, an education piece outside of high school or college, right? Oh, cool! It's kind of a, and I'll tell you more about it. When my kids went to college, they were so beating these kids up about going to. Uh, when my kids went to high school, they were beating these kids up about going to college. Yeah. And I've worked with a lot of tradesmen in my life that didn't go to college, but they had formal training depending on what the trade was or whatever. And um, I, I really got tired of the because i had a couple kids that have degrees my son has a master's from usd my daughter has a degree from cal state Summer, markers another one from tulane but some of my kids didn't go to college and that was what was best for them yeah, there's so, so much pressure on these kids about college and things and they're forgetting trade schools and they're forgetting all these other ways to make money um it's it's daunting on you. you get tired of it i don't know how old your kids are but you get I'm over the pounding me about college thing. Let's just get him out of school for let's just let's just teach him how to learn first because that's what he's going to have to do his whole life is learn. Instead of and you know Gary Vaynerchuk talks about it all the time about how ridiculous this um, our our uh, system is anymore. We're we're doing things the same way we did 40 years ago, and a couple of things have changed that people haven't noticed. Like we don't have to dial a phone anymore, right? Uh, We can communicate. I said something to you earlier that if you're not using Zoom or some platform like this, after COVID's over, you're crazy. This is the greatest platform in the world. We're both at home having a great conversation. Um, I could talk to somebody in Philadelphia this afternoon, and I wouldn't have to go anywhere. Right? Right. We have these great cell phones. I love Facebook. Facebook, I I have more friends from high school on Facebook now than I did when I was in high school.
0: Yeah. I, I believe can
1: keep you. up with their families. I can keep up with, I could just keep up with all kinds of people, what they're doing. I get to see their kids growing up and things like that, that I never would have seen if we didn't have this technology. So is technology bad? If you use anything in a bad way, it's bad. Right. Um, I just think it's, I've embraced it. So I kind of know how to use it. So, I think it's the greatest thing in the world. I don't – are kids using it too much? If we let them, they are. Some some kids probably are using it too much. But that's just part of growing up too. We need to – our kids need to mature just like we did. It's funny when people complain about millennials and I and I say, well, my dad just used to call us dumbasses, right? I had some <laughs> friends that didn't work when I in the 70s and my dad's like, well, he's a dumbass. He doesn't work. He's like red right. on the 70s show, you know. <laughs> he says, "You don't have to be a dumbass. Go to work." So I went to work. My dad was one of these guys. I'd, I'd get a call at ten o'clock at night, and he'd say uh, he'd come wake me up and say, "Hey, you need to go to work." I said, "No, I'm off tonight." He says, "Nope, they just called. They need you." I told you to would be there in thirty minutes. <laughs> but it was a great, but it was great because that's what got me to get promoted later. You know that I was willing to go and do that. Plus, I made right. more money. You know, I always wanted more chrome for my car, right, or whatever. So that's how we grew up. It just wasn't – you went to work. You did what you're supposed to do. You still did chores around the house. You did all those things. hmm So.
0: Right on. Yeah, it's it's different now, no doubt about it. You know, my, my children are 23 and 21.
1: Okay, so, so they're out of school. Are they in college?
0: One of them's out of college, and she's a CPA, and my son is still in college. So um, – but you're right. I mean, there was uh, – you know – Mm-hmm. There's a lot of pressure to go to college and frankly my wife and I put pressure on our children to go. Um, but it's, uh, it's different now than it was when, when we graduated, I graduated in yeah. 1982. So, uh, high school, 82. Um, it's a different deal now. So I see the kids that are going to Poway high and I just think about the competitive pressures and things that they're dealing with that were very different than what we went through.
1: Yeah. No, I, um, I was telling a gal this morning about about that, about the, I had a friend whose son committed suicide. And when I met this child, he was two or three, and they used to say he's going to be a doctor when he grows up. And I'm not blaming the parents for what happened. It was just there tended to be this is a path you're going to go down, whether you like it or not kind of thing. Right. And that's a lot of pressure on somebody who might he may have wanted to be a sheet metal worker like his dad, because I knew his dad from the sheet metal business. My kids... People used to say, oh, my God, you're going to have to spend a lot on college. I'm like, I'm going to spend any money on college. I'll help them at a junior college or whatever level, but there's other ways to go. My daughter put herself through, my son and my other daughter and my son-in-law all put themselves through college. And you know what? I wasn't going to pay for my kids to go drink. I mean, right. to, you know, I wasn't going to move them out and do all these things, and I see a lot of parents doing this. First of all, I didn't have the money to do it. And, um, I have some other kids that are very successful that didn't go to college, learn trades. I have two people that do hair and makeup and all that shit, you know, uh, my niece makes six figures doing hair, you know, she didn't go, she went to school, you know, she went to school and she built up a clientele. She did all the right things. So I'm not sure I would change any of it for my kids anyway. I see my grandkids growing up. I don't know how their parents are going to deal with them, my kids. Um, They will definitely deal with them differently than I did probably. I tell a story about my neighbor when I was in Poway. I got off work in the morning, and he says, let's go to the beach today. I said, yeah, cool. So I got home, and my dad says, hey, mow the lawn. So I called my buddy, remember? called him up
0: oh, yeah. hey. <laughs> on the rotary phone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> rotary
1: front. And I said, uh, it's going to be like an hour. I got to mow the lawn. He says, Oh no, tell your dad. You'll do it later. I said, you come over and tell my dad. I'll do it later. You don't tell my dad. <laughs> just telling you, you don't tell right. my dad. I'll do it later. So I said, I'll see you in an hour. So I mowed the lawn, went to my dad. Anything else you need me to do? Nope. Thank you for doing that. Have a great day. It's just different, you know? Yeah. i I've been a little looser with my kids, I think, than my parents were discipline-wise. Um, I mean, some of the stuff our parents did, they kind of went to jail for now, right? I don't even know. I mean, they didn't beat us or anything, but. Right. Um, I can remember I was worried about my grandson walking home because he's 14. My parents used to go to Vegas for a weekend and give me $30, you know, and say, you know, if you need me, call, if you need something, call the neighbor.
0: <laughs> on the road, or I road. Have,
1: On a road <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's right. funny where, um, since you're, well, you're not new to Poway, but you know where that uh, Mount Olive Lutheran Church is in Poway at the end, kind of down by Garden Road? Yeah. So, that used to be a Zook's Pizza. There used to be a little pizza place in a dirt lot over there. And you could shoot pool, and they had a jukebox, and and Leafy's nice. ended up buying them. So, you could get a pizza there for five bucks, like a giant pizza for $5. Oh, nice. So, the $30 was plenty of money. I could be pizza. I could buy cigarettes they were only 50 cents a pack, and I could get, uh, you know. And, of course, they weren't supposed to sell them to us, but you went to the liquor store, and the lady's like, oh, okay, yeah, here's some cigarettes. Takes our money. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, you could get some soda. That 30 bucks would last me a week and a half if I needed it to.
0: Yeah, yeah, you go there. You get a pizza for five bucks for sure. Yeah different times man um yeah. but it's all good you know the world's changing right parents are changing kids are changing poway road is changing yeah. um oh my god and the way that we sell the way we communicate um it's all changing and in many ways not all but in many ways for the good um this is great man i i love this conversation this is terrific um,
1: i get, and you know the problem is what you and i i think we could probably talk for like you know a
0: week we could keep going. Oh, I mean, you know. Again. Yeah. So, yeah. anyways, how can people get a hold of you and, and discover your podcast? What's the best way for them to reach you?
1: So, if you go to YouTube and uh, put in edfranklin.nolimits, you can subscribe to my channel. Then when I do a podcast, it'll alert them. I'm right. on Spotify, iHeart, Apple. I'm on all the platforms. Not all of them. I was looking at Gary Vee's thing today. He's like... Kind of twice as many platforms as me. I just need to find those platforms and log on. Um, They can email me at edfranklin.nolimits at Um, gmail.com. I'd love to hear from anybody about whatever. If you, I want you to be on my podcast. If somebody wants to be on or they want to, if they know somebody that would be good for me to have on, that's fine with me. We can really talk about anything. Um, I've talked about politics more with you right now than I have in five years with anybody.
0: And we only did a little. I know.
1: Because that's it's, okay. not that
0: that's
1: I okay. yeah, it's not that I don't care about the politics. It's just that I'm not sure how to affect it in the way that I want it affected and that that's going to be agreeable to the other people. Right. That's why I'm not a politician. Yeah, right. Um, I understand. Will the houses, will everything look great? I'll tell you what, I rode a Harley for a long time. I just recently sold it. I could close my eyes if I could ride a bike and close my eyes and tell you when I got to San Diego. That's how good the roads are in Poway. Oh, for sure. The parks are nice in Poway. The crime is low in Poway. The sheriffs, eh, no, I'm just kidding. I just (laughs) mess with They used to give us a hard time when we were kids. We have a lot of police in Poway. Um, You know, there's so many positive things about Poway. Is this inconvenient with what's going on? Yes. I'm not sure that we know. I'm not a city planner. They may have had, there may be some other reasons why this is moving at the pace it's moving at. In fact, I'll almost guarantee you there is. Generally, we don't know what the hell we're talking about. We need more information. You know, most people don't know what they're talking about. and I'm included in that. So I don't like to do. I just know that, I don't think the city are crooks. I think they have – they're people of high character. And um, I I have to trust what they're doing because they're the ones in charge. If that has to change, then you can do it at the voting booth. But it didn't change last time. So obviously the people that voted were very confident in what's going on. Um, and, uh, you know, so that's kind of my take on the city. Would I like to see it different? Jesus, I could – I could give you a whole laundry list of things I'd like to see different in the world. But you know, I would have loved to never have to deal with COVID. Right. You know, me and everybody else. Um But we deal with these things, so those are those things we deal with and uh you know, we get over things. Right.
0: Well, I I just want to just reiterate, and what you're doing in your podcasting is very worthy. I mean, the podcast episodes, I've listened to one of them. I'm going to listen to the rest. The titles are very inspiring. It's all about really being better, you know, and overcoming challenges and the things that we all share together, The the, the challenges we have in our life and how we can be better. It's all there. Um, there's good tips, you know, in the, to be a yeah. good business person, an entrepreneur, a salesperson, it's all in your show. Um, keep going. And you even said, I think on your most recent podcast that most podcasts only last like five months and then they kind of fade away and you yeah, you're made a commitment; you going to keep going. And I can't encourage you enough. Keep going. Um, this guy called me
1: out of the blue. Um, actually I met him through this guy. His name is Joe Peachy. P.I.C.I. and he does. He's a trainer, like a business trainer, sales trainer. And I got hooked up with him. He says, you know, they had an internet genius come in or a podcast guru, and they said 90 percent of podcasts end in seven months because yeah. people won't keep doing them. Right. Um, I get a little bit of anxiety, like I need to do a podcast this week, and um, but I can. I finally just came up with something that I'm going to do. Here's the thing. Uh, there. There's so many ways to be positive in the world, right? Um, I always, a lot of times I'll end my podcast with saying to people, look, I really love people. I really love you. I love, you know, all these people out there because there's something about you that I can't do and that I want to learn about and things like that. If I have to choose positivity over negativity, I'm positive every time. For sure. Why, 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 why do we have to be negative about things and talk about people and this and that? And um, God, man, you just don't know what people, what their shoes, walking in their shoes is like. You just don't know. I mean, if I could, I, I did this one on storytelling and I said, I can tell my life story two different ways. I could tell it and you'd go, wow, that's really cool. And I told it in another way and people are like, oh my God, Ed, I didn't know that. That's shitty, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. I can tell it two different ways. I can pull those positive pieces out. Look, my dad had a serious drinking problem. He was in the Navy in the 60s and <clears throat> died of cancer at 46 years old. I was 19 years old. He had lung oh, wow. cancer from the asbestos. And people would say, oh, my God, that's horrible. I said, you know, would I love liked my dad to have lived longer? Of course. But he really taught me how to be a hard ass, right? How to stand up for yourself and do all those things. Lo and behold, two years after he died, my mom met the person of her dreams. Right, the best husband for my mom. My mom and dad had a relationship. Right, I don't even know, I wouldn't even say it was good a relationship, but they had kids in that. Then my mom meets this guy that teaches me how to treat a woman, who teaches me my, my religion, who teaches me teaches me how to be kind to people. And I'm like, man, how many? What are the odds that I would have had these two people? teach me these two different things and make me a better rounded person, right? So the people I've met in my life, the people I've been around, not all family, but you can't tell the difference because as far as I'm concerned, they're family. I've been fortunate, man. I can't tell you a bad... Like, I haven't... uh, Gary B. the other day said, do you know how many people don't have water in the world? I'm sitting in a house that most people will never, ever even get to go inside of. Right. Right. I mean, I could be a snob and just not talk to anybody, and not get back and say, screw it, you know, and go get another job and be that corporate guy and screw people over. When I was about 30 years old, I really wanted to be an executive. Right. I saw these guys and I'm like, Oh my God, those guys are so cool. They were suits and ties and I wore a suit and tie every day. And I was had my hair slicked back like Bill, uh, like uh, the Wright. coach pat Riley, and i'm like shit i want to be like that guy i wore a vest sometimes sometimes they wore suspenders and then as i started moving through that corporate area i'm like oh my god you're you're a crook i can't believe what you just did to that person you know well or how you talked to that person or how you said something to that chick and i'm like you can't say that to her you know and back then it was wasn't really bad yet right it was still kind of right "Eh, she's just a girl they, I was in the grocery business. They hired this woman as an assistant manager, and she was terrible. She wasn't right for the job, but they hired her to go, see, we hired chicks. This is what happens. So they hired uh, the wrong woman. You know what I mean? The wrong she person. was nice and everything, She just wasn't the wrong person. Yeah. So I started going, man, I got biker friends and cowboy friends I grew up with that are way more honest. You guys are a bunch of freaking crooks. So I'm like, nope, I'm not doing this anymore. Went through a divorce, um, not because of that, and said, "You know what? I, my, I'm changing my life. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be like that anymore. I'm gonna do things the way I see fit, the way I think it's right, the way I think." And listen, I'm a Catholic. And do I agree with everything the Catholic Church does as administrative? No, <laughs> uh, but as the as the religion piece of it, that's the piece that I follow. I know what's right and wrong. I already know what's right and wrong. I'm old enough. So I kind of just started going with the flow and being Ed Franklin, right? That has worked for me. I and I want to be able to give that back to people and say, don't let don't let other people tell you who to be. You gotta be you. Right? This is mm-hmm. what we love about, you know, John Riley. This is what we love about this person and this person. We you need to we need to draw those things out of you. You know, why have negativity? It's gonna happen whether you like it or not, but you don't have to promote it. You know, you can be that positive influence. My mom used to say, I'm not going to tell you not to hang around those kids. So I hung around some pretty rough, freaking kids. She says, I understand that you can be a good, positive person in their life, right? You can be a good influence. You don't have to be a bad influence. And and it, and it ended up being that way. The guys that I hung out with were very respectful to my parents when they came over. It wasn't a problem. I did. They broke the law. I didn't break the law. They used to shoplift all the time. I'm like, no, I'm not going in there. I'm not going. If I get caught, the cops are the last person I got to worry about. My dad's going to yank my frigging head right off my right. shoulder. Exactly. So I wasn't going down that road. So I guess that's my you know that's my podcast pitch. Is that we're about positivity right I don't need I want to build you up are we going to talk about negative shit yeah you need to watch for it it's kind of like doing a post on I had to tell my daughter one day take that post off Facebook this was 10 years ago when it first started she's like why I said because you know your employers are going to look at that what if one of your coworkers sees that it's going to burn you in the long run so she took it down and it wasn't even that bad but I thought I've been around human resources people just take it down it's not worth it right Those are the things I want to get kids to watch out for. Don't live your life on social media. Use it like I use it, like John uses it. Meet new friends. Connect with whoever. So that's really what the whole thing's about. And I know it sounds kind of corny and it sounds kind of pie in the sky bullshit, but it's up to me, right? It's what the the content I put out is either going to be positive or negative, you know?
0: And it's good stuff. I mean, it is positive um, and it's real. The stuff that you're putting out is real because you bring your own life into it. You make you tell stories about what you're going through and then we can see ourselves through you and the message that you're sharing. So, man, keep going. Um, Love what you're doing. And um, yeah, right on, man. (laughs) Big thumbs up. I really enjoy this discussion.
1: Well, I appreciate you reaching out to me. And like I said, I've seen you before and you have a good reputation in, in the town. And um, yeah, just if so, if anybody wants to listen no edfranklin.nolimits, you can see it, at Spotify, Apple, um, YouTube, there's more content coming, there's more guests coming, there's more kind of branching out coming into some other things that are popular. If you have children stand by, there's going to be, and I don't mean children, <laughs> I don't want to, uh, it's 18 to 35 kind of area that we're going to be uh, putting out some content for. What's funny is my most of my listeners are my age. So it's just right now because they know me. But um, I just did a Facebook uh, boost, which just blew me away with the response I'm getting on that for not much money. Facebook oh, yeah. is a good place to advertise. Yeah. And um, I want to get you on my podcast. So we'll touch base after this and get you um, get you lined up. And uh, yes, yeah, I,
0: I, I think I you're doing good work, too well thank you so much uh looking forward to that yeah please reach out to mike ryan too he's a good man and uh and he'll uh he'll be a, a fine guest for you as well so yeah i, until want to find then, out if
1: I know him but well, he sounds like we we kind of ran into some of the same circles so that'll be interesting
0: yeah you guys have a lot to share where where you grew up you know the grocery business poway um you know he's a big uh, car guy so you'll have stuff to talk about for know. sure But until then, Ed, thanks so much. This has been great. I really enjoyed our discussion.
1: Yeah, maybe we can do something next week. I don't know what your schedule is like, but I'll reach out to you via email.
0: All right, my friend. We'll take care and uh, we'll see you later. All right. Have a great day. Thanks for having me. If you enjoyed today's show, do me a favor. Subscribe and then share it with a friend or leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Let's continue the conversation on social media. Go to connectwithjohnny.com to get links to our social media content, audio podcast platforms, and to sign up for our mailing list. To be a guest, read my blog, or get more information, please visit johnreillyproject.com to get started.